Those of you who joined us at both of our conferences this year, the Achieving Optimal Health Conference at Georgetown University and at Gasparilla Inn learned about our MC Squared course. The Mindful Community Collective is a push to get leaders, companies, coaches, and individuals to use practical ways to heal loneliness and disconnection in our relationships, which we know impacts our physical health more than any other factor. We have built the eight-week experience on six core habits, such as deep listening, speaking your truth, and forgiveness. You can find out more about what we are up to at mindfulcommunitycollective.com. People are yearning for information, having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Our guest today is someone that we had on the podcast last week, and we had so much fun with her that we're having her again. And her name is Michelle Jacoby, and she's a matchmaker, a dating and relationship coach, and the author of a best-selling book called Never Waste Time on the Wrong Man Again. Welcome, Michelle, to Health Gig. I'm happy to be back. (laughs) I had so much fun with you the first time. This is great. Thank you. What an honor. In our first conversation, you talked to us about how you get a date online in particular. And once you get that date, how do you show up? And one of the things you said was tap into your feminine side and then also show a lot of enthusiasm. So can you walk us through that? I actually had something come up this morning. This is, this is so interesting with a client. I introduced her to one of my clients. She's a coaching client. He's a matchmaking client. And what happened was their email interaction was very, she was not enthusiastic. She was very curt. She didn't show any anticipation or enthusiasm. And so it's colored the date when they met, which is interesting. I get feedbacks after feedback after dates. And this was something that I learned in my feedback. And when I was talking to him, he confirmed it. And so what I said to her was like, instead of saying, I look forward to meeting you, you say something like, I'm really excited for our date, or I'm super excited for our date. And just this idea that you're excited to get to know someone, you should act like you like them already. You don't have to know if you like them, but just show enthusiasm. It makes people feel so good. (laughs) I don't know. I like, even in my business emails, I use exclamation points and words like amazing. I could just (laughs) think that makes people feel good. And I think that works really well when you're dating, because to be quite honest, a lot of people don't enjoy the process, but you got to psych yourself up to be enthusiastic and using those words helps. One of the suggestions you say in your book is to prepare for a date might be doing a loving kindness meditation. Oh, I love this so much. So I think it's really important to empathize with the person you're meeting and understand that that person is perhaps nervous. That person has hopes and dreams. And that person is probably a good, kind guy. Even if he ends up not being for you, we don't know yet. But before the date to get really centered and grounded, there's something called a metta meditation, which is a, it's like a Buddhist love meditation. And I just think it's so lovely. You, you basically are sending him love and, and wishing well for him and sending him all your positive energy before the date. You do that for yourself. You do that for him. You do that for the whole wide world. But I really think that it gives you some kind of just anticipatory connection with him so that when you meet him, there's a Buddhist teacher who I love, and he did this in a retreat. And he said a meta meditation for someone that he didn't really know. And then when the person came into the room, he said, ah, there's my beloved. Like he had already connected 
And it was just so beautiful. State of mind, mindset really matters when you're going into a date. This decision to have fun in advance, this decision to be kind always, but also this like sending them love beforehand for me was really grounding and felt really good. So what one of the comments we got back was, I just want to be my authentic self. I don't want to be anything I'm not really. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I have an answer for that. Sometimes I say, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think what you're saying is, yeah, change your mindset begin to feel like your other authentic self could get excited about just be the dating version of you. We have all different versions of ourselves. Like when we're in a corporate setting, when we're at work, we're the the business version of ourselves. When we're with our friends, we're with that version of ourselves, family, same thing. So there's a dating version of you. And that version of you is maybe a little softer, more feminine, more playful, more fun. You can do and say things that you wouldn't necessarily say at the office and you should have fun with it. So I do Mm -hmm. think you should be authentic, but I think you should water the feminine (laughs) seeds and have fun with it and be playful. What does that mean? Because I'm a woman, this woman that we just talked to said, you know, geez, we've been working. These girls are around 30. We, We pretty much think we're fun. We think we're authentic and we think we're feminine. But what more do they need to be doing? First of all, I want to say that I never tell anyone to dumb themselves down. I never tell anyone to be someone they're not, but I do think it's good to get in touch with that feminine part of us. This brings to mind some of the words that men ask me for when they're looking for a match. Over the years, I've heard the same adjectives over and over again. Men don't ask me for someone who's highly accomplished and driven. They might respect and really love that in a partner, but they ask me, they want to meet a woman who's nurturing, who is easygoing, playful, fun, sexy. These are words that I hear all the time. I'm sure I'm forgetting some positive. But the feminine version of you could be someone who lets the man set up the date, who allows the man to pay if he offers and just thanks him profusely. (laughs) I'm big into that. If a gentleman wants to pay for you, say, thank you so much. You're such a gentleman. I really appreciate that. Don't try to, you know, no, 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 I've got this. I can. Or if they want to hold the door for you. If they want to hold the door, oh my God, say thank you. That's so nice. But don't just expect it. Say thank you. If you use the word gentleman on a date, That feels so good to the guy. Thank you for being such a gentleman. I also think just something as simple as putting on a a red dress as opposed to a black pantsuit. Like I feel different when I put on a dress. I don't know if you ladies do, but I do. Mm -hmm. When I put on, when I do, when I wear my hair down and put on a little makeup and some jewelry and I don't know, I have a little spring in my step and it feels fine. (laughs) Yeah. Feels good. So in a way, dress really for how you want to feel in terms of empowering yourself rather than the way he would want you to dress? Or are you saying dress the way the man kind of wants you to dress? Men are visual. And it's interesting. Men decide if they're interested in you in the first five seconds they meet you. Whereas for women, it might take us an hour or two to decide if we're feeling it because we're looking for so many other kinds of connections. And I'm not saying that men will date a woman just because she looks attractive. They want all of those other connections also. But if that switch isn't turned on at the beginning of the date, They're sort of just going through the motions. And so I want you to dress for yourself. I want you to feel pretty for yourself. But also, look, it is what it is. Men are men. Wearing something that shows off your figure, if you've got curves, wearing something colorful and feminine, I I think it works. And I've never heard a man say to me, yeah, I really didn't like it because she wore a dress. That's never happened in 13 years. So I think what you're saying is you can go into the date feeling good and feminine and he'll probably like that better. Yes, it all works. If a guy likes you, you'll know. 
you believe that to be true, right? If he like, it's pretty much like that or not. I have the male perspective because I listen to feedback after dates. Yeah, which is so interesting. It is really interesting. And a lot of guys are waiting for a sign. (laughs) Dating is tough. And sometimes people say yes when they mean no in terms of going out again. And so they're looking for a sign, right? What I tell my clients is make sure he knows if you're having a really good time and he tells a funny joke, touch his arm or break the touch barrier or give him compliments. And at the end of the date, I think we talked about this on our last call, really tell him you had a blast. Really tell him you had a wonderful time. And if he's interested, he will definitely follow up. But some men need more encouragement than others because they want to make sure they're not going to get rejected. And as I shared, there's a lot of rejection in dating. I guess what I'm saying is if a man is genuinely interested in you, he knows where to find you. He's going to follow up. He's going to want to spend time with you. So if a man's not doing that, chances are he's not that enthusiastic. And why on earth would you invest your time in someone who doesn't realize how freaking awesome you are? And is that typically because he's not interested in you or he's had somebody else over there? Because sometimes the guys have two or three people. They got one sitting here and they're they're not quite exclusive yet with that person. So they're going to keep it going. How often does that happen? That's a really good point to bring up because in today's dating world, people do date two or three or four people at a time. And some people really like that. Some of my clients are uncomfortable with that. They're like, I just want to date one person at a time. But I think it's healthy because you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You don't, you're not sitting around waiting for a phone call. You have a life, you're living it, you're meeting different people. But what happens is as someone starts to really stand out to you, as you start to develop a real connection with someone, then it's time to focus on that one person. And I actually have a client this morning who became um, not exclusive. He froze his contract so that he's not meeting new people because there's a woman I matched him with who he's really interested in and he doesn't want the distraction of new people. What does exclusive mean? It means I want to date you and focus on you and get to know you. I don't think they're quite there yet. He just decided I don't want to date three or four people at a time. I'd like to focus and get to know her. And I think that's cool. What I was saying before is that when you're dating, you're dating because you want to find someone to focus on. If I've been dating someone for three months and he's still looking for someone better and he's already had two or three months to get to know me, why would I keep on? That's my point. That was going to be my question. How do you coach people who may have, when the interest is not reciprocal, and let's say the woman is more interested in the man, she really thinks he's the right one, but he's still dating around. He's not excited about her. He's not the right one. Right. Why would you want to have a partner who doesn't adore you and isn't excited about you? So it doesn't matter how great someone looks on paper or how attracted to them you are. If someone's not really into you, then he's simply not the right one and you need to move on. If you really feel good about yourself and know what you bring to the table as a partner, that's what you should expect. It was interesting to some of the young women that we talked to, they said in their 20s, that was hard, you know, because you can't really, you know, you're like, God, he didn't call me back. I don't know what happened there. But as they did get a little bit older, they're getting it. So it just might also be a maturity thing too. It's all confusing, right? Because oh, it's hard to let someone know you're not interested. So people ghost and ghosting means you just disappear without any kind of like goodbye or resolution. And, and right. it is tough and it is confusing. So I try to make it as clear and easy to understand as possible. If a man wants you, he's going to come get you. <laughs> if he's interested, he's going to make it happen. Even busy men will find time in their schedules. So 
I don't know. I just feel like if someone's not enthusiastic and, and walking the walk, if he's just talking a lot and texting a lot, but not asking to spend time with you and not making himself available, I just think there are more fish in the sea. Go fishing. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting question. It speaks to what you told us on our last podcast about your husband and how bad his profile was. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was so bad. How do these women who are interested in dating read through a bad profile? How do they see through a bad profile? I read an article in the New York Times a couple of years ago about a woman who had meticulously selected all these men. She had gone through profiles and spent hours picking these men who just seemed wonderful. And she had no success at all. And she got so fed up that she decided that for, I think she said for six months or something, she was just going to say yes to anybody who asked. They could be 20 years older than her. They could be someone she thought was unattractive. She just was going to say yes. And she wrote in the article that the people she met were actually a higher quality and she had more fun. She didn't say if she fell in love and I was like, oh, I could coach you. I just loved that. So what I would say is don't spend so much time trying to figure out based on what someone wrote if he's terrific. Some guys who are not terrific are just good writers. Some really good guys are just, they just threw three sentences down and that's it. I dated a guy who was so wonderful. We didn't end up obviously being together, but he was just a great guy. All he had was one picture and two sentences. And I was like, you know what? Cute guy, I'm going to reach out. And I asked him to share more about himself and he did. And I appreciated the effort because I wanted to learn more before I decided to invest in a phone call and then a date. But you have to just wing it and take a chance. You have to meet people. If there's something in the profile that really turns you off, obviously don't meet them. But I would say nine times out of 10, the guy that my clients end up with is the guy with the mediocre profile that they said maybe to, not Mm. the profile they were excited about. These young ladies told us that most of the men in this age group was probably between 25 and 35, that all the guys all hike they all have a dog. <laughs> and what was the other one? Door? Oh, and they, they fish. All fish. They all fish. They all fish. Oh my God, they all fish. I was going to, st- before you said that, I was going to be like, we're in DC and people are healthy. And pe- they all fish. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so they fish. So they're saying it's really hard to decipher. Like they'll do it, but there's no real way to see through it. I just feel like you should meet people. And I think it's smart to set up a phone call first. I personally, when I was dating, my time was super valuable. I was a single mom. I was busy with business. So what I did was had a phone call first and I could really tell on the phone call if someone was creepy or weird. And then I didn't invest my time, obviously, in that person. If the phone call was just okay, I would probably go out on the date thinking maybe he's not great on the phone. But that's my preference. Some people just like to get out on dates. Some people are doing video dates. I don't know. I I think you just have to take a chance. And sometimes you're going to have you're going to have some crappy dates. But it it. it only takes one and then you've got a wonderful man. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, I think there's an obvious answer here that you probably think it's best to meet each other in person, but Zoom dating, you're okay with too? Listen, we just had a pandemic. I had one couple fall in love over Zoom and he flew across the country to be with her in the middle of the pandemic which and to live with her. That was really interesting. They had talked for months on Zoom. Look, meeting in person is the best way to have a connection. And I think when you're on a Zoom date, you can't expect the same kind of chemistry and connection. I think it's just a way to get to know someone and then have an in-person date. But for couples who live far apart, I just matched someone who's in Florida with someone who's on the eastern shore of Maryland. They're going to meet on Zoom and get to know each other before they decide if they're going to meet in Florida. Mm -hmm. So that is a really useful tool for dating. Mm -hmm. When I do coach people that if you're going to have a Zoom date, 
you have to have a bigger energy. You have to move your hands around. And it's best to have the camera, the your laptop or whatever, further from you because we're all at work when we're just like yes. from the chest up. We need to we look better farther <laughs> away. Like sitting on your couch and having a glass of wine and, and setting yeah. things up so you have good lighting and it's just more casual. I think that's perfectly fine. But if you had the choice to meet someone for a drink or meet on Zoom, please meet for a drink. The chances of you really connecting are so much higher. Because people freeze up on Zoom. They get all quiet or you're looking at yourself and it's so awkward. It is like so awkward. And you know what? I think we've all been on Zoom all day long for a year and a half now. It's just for me, I enjoy it. I have a family call every week. We see each other, but God, it's so much better to be with them. So uh, yeah, try to meet in person if you can. And do you have any suggestions on how long you should let that meeting go if there's just no connection or if there is connection? Are there any rules around that? When you say a meeting, do you mean an in-person meeting? Yeah, an in-person. So uh, we're going to meet for coffee or we're going to meet for a drink. And it's <laughs> so just, my, ooh, I love it's this not question. your beloved. They come in I, and you're like, ooh, I really think I want to leave. <laughs> yeah, I broke rules on my, my date with my husband. It was 11 hours long. We watched TV until six in the morning. And that's not typical, nor do I recommend that. Usually a good date for me is about two to three hours long. People say, wow, we just had a great time. We were there for three hours. So I had a client this week who went on a date and it just didn't go very well. I think that's understating it. It was a bad date. And she just left after 40 minutes. She didn't want to be there anymore. So if you're on a date with a nice person and that person isn't a fit for you, they shouldn't know that. They should think you're having a great time and you should stay for a couple of hours just to be courteous and be kind. But if you're having a very bad time, if there's an issue, if you're uncomfortable, just get the heck out of there. I had a date about 30 years ago. It was so bad. She still remembers it. (laughs) Oh, yes. I remember it. And I was, I remember where I was. What's the name of that place? Old Grill at the bar. Oh, I love that place. I used to go there when I was single because they have free bars and cute guys. Yeah. Somebody (laughs) set me up with somebody and we sat there and he started talking. And about the third sentence, he started to criticize one of my family members that I adore And after about a minute of him talking about that, I promptly got up and left, went home. And my mother was babysitting my two children. I'd been divorced. And she said, what happened? I said, and I told her what happened. She's like, good. I'm glad you left. But (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you just have to leave. You just have to leave. So here's another scenario that came to us. So they said, what if this happens? that it's, they don't meet anyone through the app. They're not set up by anybody from work, but they like a guy and they know he's single. How does this work if you're not supposed to call him? And is that still the rules? No, you know what? I teach this thing called playing poker and playing poker is really letting the man lead, letting him raise you and then you rise to meet the level he's at. But I don't really think that matters until you've met someone and until you're dating. So I'm all for women asking men out. I think you should. If there's someone you that you know and you want to ask him out, say, hey, I want to ask you out on a date. <laughs> use so the word date. Use I mean, the I, word date. Yeah. I think, you know what? This is interesting. I don't think you should ever be out with someone and not know that if you're on a date. That's That was their question. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to say they wanted to be on a date and the guy doesn't know they want to be on a date. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes if you're friends with someone, you could be out with someone and you're wondering. I had that happen to a client recently. Someone in her building asked her to hang out and she's like, okay, are we hanging out as friends or are we dating? He turned out to be gay. So that answered that question. (laughs) But what I said to her is just ask him, are you asking me out as friends 
Or are you asking me out on a date? Ooh, that's a that's very really fair good. question. That's yeah. a very fair question. You shouldn't be on a date wondering if you're on a date or you shouldn't be out with someone thinking you're on a date if you're not. Just ask. I think it's cute. You can have a cute smile and say, I would like to ask you out on a date. And then they might get really excited. About it. <laughs> yes, I would like to go out on a date. With you. Yeah. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay then. Yeah. I know. Exactly. But you know what? It takes a lot of courage for both men and women to yeah. do that. And so if somebody says they're not interested, please don't think that means anything. It just means that you're not exactly what they're looking for. I always tell people, I'm a petite brunette. If you're into tall blondes, I'm not for you, perhaps. It doesn't make me any less adorable. Yes, right. exactly. You That's know? so true. That's so true. The other thing that we wanted to bring up is what is your take on having alcohol? This just early- came up today. <laughs> How do you know these questions? Because <laughs> we went and did our own little study afterwards. <laughs> and then we brought up our interests, right? <laughs> yeah. This just came up in a post-date feedback call today that I had with someone. I think you should have a maximum of two drinks on a first, second, or third date. Like for the first three dates, when you're just getting started and getting to know someone, I think keeping it at two drinks is important. You want to be a good judge of character. You want to make sure you make good, safe decisions. You want to get home safely. You just want to be safe and Plus, you want to be thoughtful. Drinking is expensive. I just think there's nothing bad about this advice. It can't go wrong in any way, shape, or form. Keep it to two drinks. And if you don't drink and the person you're with does, you can say, you know what, please go ahead, have a glass of wine. I'm totally cool with that, but I'm not going to, I'm going to get a soda. Make sure the other person's comfortable with whatever they want to do, but it's not the time to get inebriated. It's just not the time. No. They were saying sometimes that freeze them up and then the next step can happen so without alcohol what's the next step what's the well, next step like maybe i don't know like making out or like having yeah, a yeah 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 okay so that, like, two drinks the- should be enough to loosen you up you <laughs> okay. don't ha- you know you don't you don't have to get sloppy like especially women i learned this this is interesting that men process alcohol in their bodies differently and they it takes them a lot more alcohol to to feel it i don't know me personally I can have two glasses of wine and feel loopy, or I can have two glasses of wine and not even feel it depending on what I've eaten. So just be thoughtful. And okay, so alcohol is a little cup of extra version. Okay, so have a glass of wine. That should do the trick. Right. Maybe two, but done. Do not go and drink three is not a good idea. So you mentioned safety. What are some of the signs that you're not on a safe date? What do you look for? First, let me tell you what you should do before the date. I think it's important for someone who loves you or, you know, to know where you are and know who you're with. If you're dating online, I would do a screenshot. And so I have the information of the person and send that to someone and say, okay, if I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be calling you before midnight. I'm planning on being done with the date by 11. If you don't hear from me, please check in. I think that's important. I also think that you can use, I think I said this on the, the last show. I think you could use a Google voice number and you can use a super secret dating email address. You don't have to have someone pick you up at your home. Yeah. You can try to be a little more cautious. And you don't, by the way, if you're on a date and you don't feel entirely safe or comfortable, you don't have to let someone walk you to your car. I was on a date years ago and this guy wanted to walk me to my car in a garage, which was very thoughtful of him, but he was creeping me out. So I just said to him, no, that's okay. And I said, I'm going to go into the Barnes and Noble for a little while and just look at books, which the Barnes and Noble was open till 11. I went in for two minutes, walked out, and then went to my car. He was just giving me the, my, my spidey sense was telling me, don't do it. 
Another guy once asked me if he could give me a ride somewhere and I needed a ride, but honestly didn't want to get in his car. So said no. And I took a cab. So you have to really listen to your gut. If you, I'm trying to think about what could happen on a date to make you feel unsafe. If somebody, I don't know, there's, I don't have a specific answer for you. You should just know if you're feeling like creepy, creeped out by somebody, you'll know it. You gave some excellent tips for how to be safe. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I want to say this to all the ladies who are listening in any situation, anywhere, ever, not just when dating, if you don't feel safe, do what you got to do. Like I was once shopping, I think I was at Marshall's shopping or something. And there was this guy following me around the store. And instead of just walking out to my car, I went to security and I had the security guard walk me out to my car. You have to really take care of yourself and make sure you're safe. And so of course, when you're dating, please do that. When we were talking the other day about are there different rules of engagement for the different stages of your life? And you were saying that fundamentals are probably the same, right? That the person in their 20s, 30s, you would advise the same way you would do the 60s, the 50s and 60s? Yes and no. Like men are men. And the strategies I teach tend to work for both young and older women. Having said that, though, there are some nuances. Like, for instance, My daughters are in their late 20s. Actually, my daughter's 30. And when they were dating, they didn't want us. They didn't want the guy to pay. They wanted to split everything. And in their relationships, they wanted to pay half. And I think they just have a little more modern view. And I think women my age, I'm 56. If I were dating now, I would really hope that the gentleman would treat me to dinner if he asked me on a date. So the culture is a little different around that. One interesting thing, and please don't shoot the messenger for sharing this, but (laughs) I've seen that a lot of women over 50 have a lot of sex early on in dating. And I don't think that's a good idea. I think maybe it's because we're feeling so confident and we just know what we want and we just, we feel very comfortable with our bodies at this stage, whatever it is, it's all good. But I just don't think strategically it's a good idea. So I hear about women having sex on first, second, third dates. Please don't do that. I just don't think it's smart. I think um, if you, especially if you're with someone you really like, waiting is just a smart strategy. And I explain why in my book. If a guy keeps showing up and keeps asking you to spend time with him and he's not having sex with you, it's because he's genuinely interested in you. He really likes you. Yeah, and he sees you as a potential partner. You want to know why the guy keeps showing up. Looking at the panel that we talked to, and we talked to some folks that they're the 50s, 60s, the women, we're saying that they've lost their husbands and these were people that husbands died. Um, They've lost their husbands and they needed time and all that kind of stuff. The men that they know that lost their wives Within a year, they're dating. Wait a minute, within a weir- year? What about like within three weeks? Within a year, they might be married. Within a year, they're married pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So can you talk about that? What is going on? No, no. And yes. for some people, you really need to take a year or two or three to regroup and be ready to have a relationship, if at all. Some people can't and don't want to. But um, what you're saying is true because I know a couple, these are friends of my parents and they're very happily married for many, many years now. And they met, I think, at the Shiva for his wife. His wife had been sick for a very long time and he was just ready to meet someone and he was very much a companionship person. He wanted to be in a relationship. So your friends are right. I think men will start dating much more quickly and sometimes immediately. And I, I never judge anybody. I'd like to write a book someday about dating after a loss of a partner. I think it's, there's so many different aspects to it that are moving 
and interesting and difficult. And it's been interesting working with my clients who have lost a partner, especially a partner that they really had a great relationship with. It makes dating interesting and a little bit tricky, actually, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of comparison and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But you're, you're right. Like uh, sometimes men are just, I want to be in a relationship. So they just go quickly into another relationship. Whether it's a widower or not, I really do think that quality older men who are relationship minded, I say they get snapped up quickly. They have a short shelf life. <laughs> men are simple. They want to be, men are not that complicated. They want to be attracted to you. They want to enjoy your company. And I don't even know if I need to add anything else. They just want to enjoy your company and be attracted to you. And then, okay, I pick her. Whereas women, we're looking for all these, we're like 20 things on our list, right? right? And I think too, as the women are older, the 56 year olds, they're, they've got their radar up that they don't want to be the nurse or the purse. So there mm. was a lot of that <laughs> feedback coming back. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with a client yesterday. She's a coaching client. And I always encourage women to date older and younger. I'm not, I don't, I'm not an ageist. I don't care. Like I went to a wedding in Sarasota two weeks ago and the woman was 62 and her husband is 40. Age to me is just a number. Having said that, she refused to date anyone more than five years older than her. And I thought that was interesting. And her reasons were because women live longer. I don't want to be alone. All I can say about that is I don't think someone's age matters. Are they fun? Are they healthy? As, a, as far as being the person, sometimes you're going to have more money than your partner. And that's okay. You just want to be with someone who is financially stable. That's a whole conversation. I've had so many conversations with women because now women are very successful. And sometimes a partner can be phenomenal partner and not make as much money as you. And why isn't that okay? You have everything you need. And then you have prenuptials to keep to secure it for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll do the trick. You have it. Yeah. And getting married when you're 25 or 35 is different than getting married when you're 45 or 55. You might have separate money. You might have different amounts of assets. Right. You might want to save things for your children. It's just mm-hmm. an entirely different conversation. Or you don't have to get married. You right. Can- oh, that's true also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I was open to either, but my husband's such a traditionalist. He's, yeah, we're getting married or we're saying adios. It was very sweet and interesting. He was like, he just loves being married. But some of my older clients don't care at all. They just want a companion. As a matter of fact, I talked to a woman last week who said she's very happy with the idea of living in separate homes and just having a companion to spend time with. Everyone's different. Everyone is different. And as you've taught us, it's really about you learn. And and I love what you said that you're a relationship coach and that it's really important for our health to have good relationships. So we need to be healthy in order to get into those relationships. What I find is that when you're not in a good place, if there's something lacking in your life, you're going to tend to choose someone who will fill that space and that will give you comfort, but then you might stay in a relationship that doesn't serve you. For instance, If you're not close with your family and you haven't worked that out, you're having issues with your family and you meet a guy who has a great family, you might love the feeling of being with him, even if he doesn't treat you right because you love the family. Mm. Or if you financially don't have your act together and a guy's very wealthy, that might ease your anxiety about money. So you'll stay with him, even if he's a narcissist who's being critical and not nice. So I think the, you know, really important advice is Create a life that you love before you decide to share it with someone. Then you'll be much more likely to choose someone for all the right reasons and live happily ever after. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And I think that kind of was going into what we were wanted to explore a little bit in our last conversation was 
when you are in a toxic relationship, there's no reason to stay in it. I really truly believe that a toxic relationship can give you cancer. It can make you sick. It can really make you sick. The things that happen in your body when you're unhappy. I was in an unhealthy relationship for almost four years and I had, I had stains on my pillow from mascara. I have some really good advice for your listeners. Get a paper calendar or print one out online like a template. And when you're in a relationship, color the calendar based on how your relationship makes you feel every day. So use blue for like a day where the relationship has made you feel really good. Use red for a relationship where the, the day, a day where the relationship has made you feel really bad. And then purple is kind of a combination, like kind of neutral. And the reason I have my clients do this, just get some crayons to color, is when you look at the whole month or then you look at three months and you start yeah. to see, oh my God, this thing is red. This thing is all purple and red. Look, it started out, it started out blue. Look at that. And it was blue and then it started turning purple and then it went to red. You can really see from a perspective that this relationship isn't making me feel good. Why on earth would you be in a relationship that makes you sick, that makes you unhappy? Yeah. You know? Wow, that's a really good visual tool. There used to be an app for this. It was called the Boyfriend app and I loved it, but it's, I, I haven't been able to find it. I think it's gone. So you'll have to color with crayons, but <laughs> I think it's such a good way to be able to see trends in a relationship. And really, mm -hmm. you can't argue with, if you colored it red last Thursday, you can't argue with that. It's red. It's not changing colors. It's there right there for you to look at. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no denying it. Right. I just have one question to go back to what you talked about having sex too soon in your, when you started dating. Statistically speaking, have you seen that when people do, I guess you were saying it was the older women that kind of move a little bit quicker. Statistically, do those relationships just not last as long? or not? Or are you just saying that's really just a thought you have for like long-term relationships? Well, first of all, I don't want to throw older women under the bus because I think a lot of people are having sex, men, women, everybody too soon. So I'm a tennis player and I have been taught to hit a high percentage shot. Now the fancy shot down the line feels really good, but it's going to go out half the time. So I'm all for hitting the high percentage shot. I know someone who had sex on their first date and they've been married for 35 years happily. I just don't think that's the high percentage shot. I think it's unlikely. Okay. So I really think that there are certain things that happen when we have sex too soon. For instance, for women, we have all these chemicals and hormones that are happening. We actually become attached to someone before we should be. We start to have expectations that they're going to treat us like they're our boyfriend and they're not yet. We have different expectations. If I was dating someone and he called me twice a week, and then we slept together and then he still kept calling me twice a week. And that was like maybe four days after we slept together. I would be like, wait, why isn't he calling me? To the man, it's, oh yeah, we're dating. We slept together. It's nothing's changed. Women think about sex differently. So women will fall in love and then have sex. Some men will have sex and then fall in love. So I just think all around, it's just a really smart strategy. You get to figure out who's really into you. You get to take the time to, to be emotionally intimate with somebody you, there are also some physical things with STDs that you have to be comfortable enough with someone to talk about in pregnancy for younger women, right? There's so many things. Why are you rushing into it? If someone ends up being your person, you can have sex three times a day for the rest of your life. If you feel like it, God bless you. <laughs> right. well, I read in your book that you said, if you're feeling, and I don't really use this one much, <laughs> I know if what you're, you're feeling say. horny, that you should go... <laughs> 
<laughs> that you should go and find a friends with benefits to satisfy that issue <laughs> and then wait while you're cultivating this other relationship with the person yeah, that you really like. I think if that's something that would work for you, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think also that was look, your if, idea, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you. I mean your listeners. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like, look, if you're newly divorced and you want to have some fun, a lot of women just they've been in a relationship for a long time. and They want to have some fun. As long as you do that safely, I'm all for it. I just think and also when you're dating, if it's hard for you to wait until you're in an exclusive relationship and you want to have some fun physically, go for it. Just make sure it's not with someone that you think is a good fit for you. It should be someone you like, trust, and respect. But I think if you're actually hoping that this person is going to be a fit for you, wait until that person cares enough about you and prioritizes you enough to ask you to be their partner. That's really good advice, I think, all around. That's the questions I had, Dora, from our panel. I know. <laughs> we you could had do a great a panel. <laughs> we could do a third panel if we need to, if you're up for it. <laughs> I actually think it'd be really cool to have a man panel sometime and hear their questions. Oh, as yeah, women, then we'll call you back. We will. We know men. We do. We know men. And I actually was able to talk to two men to, um, and ask them their side of things. And it was pretty funny on the feminine side. Yeah, they really agreed. They're like, yeah, if somebody shows up like in there, like Lululemon, and it didn't look like they pulled themselves together, they're like, eh. Yes, but I'm thinking more on the date of having a corporate look or like wearing a big baggy sweater and a turtleneck. I actually do think, I don't know, if I were single, I think I'd probably, if you look good, why not wear your Lulu? Maybe maybe go on a hike together or play some tennis or something. I don't know. You mean the man wear the Lulu. No, I'm talking about the woman. Oh, okay. So we have to, well, no, look, if you're going on a hike and you're wearing a red dress, you're dressed improperly. So are you good with having a quick meeting? Hey, I love to hike. Oh, you love to hike. It's okay to go your second date hiking, do an activity. If you feel like you're safe, there's a service called binverified.com where you can pay like a hundred bucks and do unlimited background checks for a year. So all you need is someone's first name, last name, their approximate age. And by the way, you're going to out a lot of people who are lying about their age if you do this and you need where (laughs) they live. And then you can find information about them. I'd like to say, just to make sure that we cover all the bases and that your listeners are really safe, that if you're going to go on a deserted trail with someone in the mountains and go hiking, get their last name, do a little background check, tell your friends where you're going. Yeah. But honestly, if you're feeling in any way uncomfortable, please don't Don't do a date like that. Yeah. But I, I think activity dates are fun. Playing golf, playing tennis, going kayaking. I have clients who've done all of these things and had a blast. You know what? I have. A, I spoke with a client today who kept choosing the wrong women and he didn't have strong boundaries. So I said to him, dude, you got to read my book. He actually <laughs> read the book and he said it's helped him so much. He said it was clearly written for women, but I took from it what, especially the protective contract for him was a really important writing out his boundaries and learning how to really hold them. And he's wasted time in the wrong relationships, too. It's not something that just happens to women. I thought that was interesting. Having read the book, I would highly recommend never waste time on the wrong man again. And I can see how it can benefit both men and women. So you can buy it on Amazon. So I hope everyone will. Actually, I'm going to give it away. Michelle's going to give it to every single one of our listeners. Yeah, so every to. single one? Every single every one of single our listeners. Woo! 
<laughs> yeah, all you have to do is go to michellesbook.com. And I spell Michelle with two L's. Obviously, no apostrophe because it's a website. But michellesbook.com. And if you go in there, I will send you a PDF copy of the book immediately. You'll be able to download it right away. You'll be able to read it on your phone, your um, tablet, your computer. And that will put you on my mailing list. So if you don't want to be on my mailing list, all you have to do is just unsubscribe. I'll be sad because I'd like to connect with you. And also, we're going to be putting that in the show notes, too. So people can just click on it directly and get the book. Listen, I wrote this book because I want to change women's lives. And I want women to be in healthy, happy relationships. And I'm very grateful to you for giving me this audience so that I can do that in a big way. So thank you so much for this privilege. And this, by the way, I want to pay you ladies a compliment. I've been on a number of podcasts over the years. You guys are so prepared. You guys are amazing. You read the book. You didn't just skim it. You actually read it. You took notes. You have a panel. Wow. (laughs) You guys are awesome. This is such an important topic for everybody in different phases of their life. So we're just thrilled to have connected with you. Yes. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been awesome. Thank you, ladies. And thank you to your audience. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. <laughs>